Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. We're back and full of chocolate eggs. Uh, it's the UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Sorry that we didn't uh, deliver you with a uh, Easter egg special last week. Uh, we were too flipping busy, weren't we, David? I wasn't busy. No, <laughs> other people were busy. There was a there was there were many holidays and um, we couldn't get it together. But fear not, we will recede back into time and bring you some. Uh, News from the last couple of weeks on the Apple side of things, get a bit fruity on the Nintendo side of things, and also check out Facebook again. So we got Scott Carey, online editor of TechWorld. Scott, what year did you get Facebook? Oh, first year of uni, so... Oh, that's pressure, 2007? Mm, okay, David Price, deputy editor of Macworld. What was your first ever Apple product? Uh, the uh, Probably an iPod Nano, mm, I think. What colour? white. Nice. I think it was only available in white and black at that point. Vintage. And Dominic Preston, staff editor at Tech Advisor, what was your first Nintendo console? Uh, well, my sisters had a, the original, we had sort of a big grey Game Boy between a lot of us, but the first one that was properly mine was a red Game Boy Pocket. Nice. nice. I also own both of those Game Boys. <laughs> it's the Nerd Factory. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about tech. <laughs> Cool. So, straight back in after Easter, Scott Carey, you've been covering Facebook's developer conference, which is called F8. I'm going to put you on the spot before uh, I let you talk. Again. What's <laughs> F8 stand for? Why is it called F8? I looked uh, this up, so I actually know. I actually don't know. Ah, it's <laughs> no. much no, it doesn't mean fate. It's not talking about eight different things. It's because Facebook's hackathons uh, legendarily last eight hours. Ah, oh, like, like in, in the, the social, social network. network. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they're taking yeah. shots. And... That's pretty much why it's called that, apparently. Um, Zuckerberg made um, a whole host of really nerdy jokes about how they should have seen the SEO problem coming on the horizon that Fast and Furious 8 um, (laughs) after Fast and Furious 7 they should have seen that F8 was going to steal their thunder and funnily enough they came out basically in the same week so now if you Google F8 um, you get a lot of um, The Rock and Vin Diesel (laughs) instead of nerdy some uh, debate that's not a bad thing no I would debate that what does the F8 key do on a PC oh I don't know Oh, God, we should Are you looking be... at me? I work for Macworld. We should, we should all be fired. We don't know any of these questions. Anyway. <laughs> well, if it's the MacBook Pro, then they just oh, have the touch bar. Oh, just Wait, big old <laughs> Cool, so let's get to it. Uh, Scott, Facebook's developer conference uh, took place last week, this week? Yeah, this week. So it kicked off on Tuesday. Um, trying to make sure I'm getting my days right because the bank holiday is all <laughs> out of whack. But yeah, Tuesday... Um, morning their time, evening our time, and then um, it's a two-day conference, so there's been um, a lot of announcements sort of overnight as well, uh, recording this on Thursday. So 
they, I mean, they've announced a ton of things. So much they, stuff. They tend to announce a lot of stuff. They've announced so much. And you call it a developer conference, and it is a developer conference, but they also use it to announce a lot of their big sort of feature yeah. announcements. And they also use it as a way of roadmapping where they're sort of going to take the company over the next year. Um, they have like a 10-year roadmap. But sort of, for example, last year, the big thing was VR and chatbots. And this year, um, those have sort of fallen to the wayside a little bit. So you can so F8 tends to show you sort of where they are in their thinking um while we're on chatbots they announced that they're um trying to solve the sort of discovery problem which um is sort of a big issue they, is that they when you really... discover that all chatbots are crap exactly <laughs> um and also they went really big on like trying to get people to use chatbots within messenger but there was no way to discover them um so they're adding a discovery tab and also there will be a piece of artificial intelligence within messenger which will if you're speaking to your friend and saying yep. let's order a pizza it will pop up and say why don't you use the Domino's bot which That's horrible. is horrendous because <laughs> there, there are some cases of this for one of a better term ai uh, within apps that i do understand like mm. when you're on i don't know you're on the train you're using city mapper it'll go beep, beep, get off here yeah or whatever okay fine slightly invasive but then personally i find messenger quite a horrible service to use it's horrendous. i appreciate that it's really convenient. You don't need phone numbers. You can chat to everyone. They'll probably see it. But I, I find the platform horrible. You, every time you cancel like your favorite people or you know, the suggested games and stuff, it just pops up again a week later. Yeah. I hate Facebook Messenger with a passion. Yeah. <laughs> um, it seems to, like, I've got this OCD thing where I don't like having any, like, red blob notifications. And they, there's yeah. a constant one because, like, I won't give them my phone number or something. Right. And I just can't get rid of it. And I Yeah, I mute a lot of group conversations and stuff. But anyway, um, I digress. What did they announce about Messenger? Um, So, yeah, he just announced that it's Messenger, like, 2.0. So um, they're they're really keen to sort of get more um, people using bots and and communicating with businesses directly on Messenger. It's a big sort of commercial push, really, more than anything for the user, in my opinion. Um, there's a couple of things like uh, chat extensions where you can start bringing bots into group chat. And the example they gave was if you and your mates are talking about booking a flight, you can actually talk to your mates, but then also ask the bot how much a flight to Budapest will be. And then you can compare that by saying, oh, actually, how much would a Lisbon flight be? And you right. can do it all in the same place. Kind of makes sense. What happens if your mates will start talking to the bot and not talking to you? <laughs> if it's better with conversation. <laughs> Chatbot, an actual sort of conversation bot. Just so a chatbot steals your friends. Good quality small talk. Sounds like a really bad piece of fanfic, doesn't it? A chatbot stole my friends by David Price. No, I'm sad. Um, And they're also uh, they're they're still banging on about QR codes. They're still a thing. I know. I I wrote this down as part of uh, to pick up on. They were saying, yeah, if you if you go to a venue, we can give you like like they use the example of the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. Um, They'll have QR codes all over the venue. And you can like scan it with Facebook Messenger, and you can get sent some nachos or something. Up, yeah. yeah, you can start like talking no, to. It. Nobody uses QR codes in this country, but I think they're big in uh, Asia. Yes, they are. Yeah. So it's not it's not quite as bonkers as it sounds. Fair enough. I think for our audience, yeah, but no, you're correct. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they completely misunderstand QR codes like historically in this country. Like they put them on underground posters and stuff. They just have no idea how they work. <laughs> yeah. the on a billboard. Yeah. yeah. Great help. Yeah. And then also, but yeah, you said it took slight, slightly a backseat, but there was a AR VR. Uh, side with Facebook yeah. Spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on the VR side, the big announcement was they've launched their. He called it their first social VR product, mm-hmm. um, and it's called uh, Facebook Spaces, and it's it's kind of like a uh, a virtual chat room. Uh, it's a bit goofy. Like you kind of create an app, you create an avatar, and then you and your Facebook friend can like meet up in a chat room um, virtually um, with your Oculus on, and like walk around and have a chat and sort of <laughs> hang out. 
Um, so if, it, if anyone's yeah. nerdy enough to have read um, Ready Player One, there's a lot of Ready Player One scenes which take place in like um, chat rooms that people have invented and then they're like private rooms and you can jump in using your avatar and um, go from there really. It reminded me a bit of that, what was that thing around the same time as like MSM Messenger? It, was, it began with an H and it was like a weird thing where you had like a little character and you could just go in to like a little it's a little bit animal like animal crossing it's called like habby something or other all oh, right yeah i mean charlotte, it com- charlotte compared it to a, charlotte just called it a virtual version about. of first life of uh, second, second life, life. Yeah. which it kind of is first any life any is life, life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is my life <laughs> well, i suppose that is what they're trying to do they're trying to normalize all this like weird stuff we sit in your front room with an oculus on your yeah. face taking yeah. a selfie of nothing yeah. <laughs> um but Weirdly, VR took a backseat at F8 to AR. Um, Zuckerberg was really, really big on augmented reality. And um, this sort of comes a couple of weeks after they launched Facebook Camera, which is their ripoff of Snapchat. Um, So it's like face filters, uh, augmented reality effects, things like that. Um, And he said that, and he kind of took a dig at Snapchat here. He said that obviously the first step here is to use features that people understand, like a dog filter on your face, like you used to on Snapchat, you know, those sort of things. But he said what the main idea is, is to make an augmented reality platform on Facebook where people can create their own effects, their own filters, and start to uh, personalise a lot of that and and really normalise it and make it just the way that people communicate. Having those augmented reality features become way more common wherever you are on Instagram, on Facebook. So Instagram stories, on Facebook, on WhatsApp, whatever you're doing really yeah. on, on one of the many Facebook um, platforms. And then he, he talked about some sort of pie in the sky ideas where you'd be sat in your living room and you'd have um, sort of your Facebook glasses on and instead of buying a TV, you could rent a virtual reality, an augmented reality TV that would sit on your wall and <laughs> for like a dollar an hour, you could watch like pay-per-view on it. And you wouldn't right. need to buy a TV. Just carry around your glasses. Yeah. I'm hoping that all these ideas are kind of like a, a bridge that we'll all look back on and think, oh, wasn't that quaint? Because <laughs> I can see the appeal in some of the stuff like Facebook camera and all these, well, admittedly, um, filters for faces that I just, I don't get. Mm. But one one thing this is, um, Facebook has been predicting for a while, Zuckerberg's been saying that he can easily see by the, by the end of this decade, Facebook would just be a video platform. Yeah, and I think normalising how people communicate using video, I think that is changing, and it could become a bit more standardised and a bit more socially acceptable. Yeah, he said, um, and I'll butcher the quote, but he said something along the lines of, um, "Photos and videos are becoming so integral to our platforms um, that it, we want it to be where the text box used to be." So he yeah. literally sees video and photo as being the primary mode of communicating other rather than text um going forward and the way that they want to make the most of that is by um building features on top of the camera um so he wants like the facebook camera uh, to be the augmented reality platform mm-hmm. and so they've built this thing called camera effects platform um which is basically a developer studio um so you can go in there and and you probably don't even need to be a like really like hot developer you probably can be just like a teenager and you'll see teenagers in their bedrooms creating their own filters and stuff um, going forward. Will they do a filter for naked pictures? <clears throat> <laughs> or like putting pants, <clears throat> pants on you? Well yeah, something like, uh, what's it called? Trick pics. Giving you a massive, that I think, that I think, massive wang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or hide your massive wang. Oh, possibly yeah, yeah. More usefully. Whichever this is what circles. I wanted to talk about in this podcast. You were you dying remember. to bring this in, weren't you? Pornhub's new um, 
Explain. Photo filter. Is yeah. it called? I can't remember the name. It's trick, trick picks. Trick picks. It's yeah. like dick pics, but it covers your. Trick. As said, tricks. Your <laughs> trick. With like um, a cartoon picture. But who wants that? Africa. Why would you? Doesn't that defeat the whole point of a dick pic? I don't know what the point <laughs> of a dick pic. Well, is I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm not an expert, <laughs> really but I feel like the dick is kind of integral, and if you're. <laughs> Well, you we might... need to bring Ashley Cole into this. <laughs> <laughs> or Vernon Kay. Those are, are very out-of-date references. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they were the last big dick pic scandals, weren't they? Were they? I think it's any, I think any dick, dick pic is a scandal. Or Anthony Weiner. Yeah, Weiner. Yeah. And that was particularly good because of his name. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that, that was all the big augmented reality, virtual reality announcements. What about, what about typing, typing with your brain? Yeah, so, this, so as we're on out there ideas, um, basically last year, Facebook announced that he was build, uh, well, Zuckerberg announced that Facebook was building this new unit called Building 8, and it was going to be headed up by, um, I can't remember her first name, but Duggan, she came from Google, and it was going to be concentrating on like hardware um, and sort of a little bit more like moonshot ideas for the company. And now, one year on, we finally get to like sort of a peek at what they've been working on in that like specialized unit. Um, and they they've built like a 360 VR camera. Yeah. So they've that's their the first piece of hardware that Facebook have ever produced. Um, but then more out there is uh, they've been working on this thing that they call the brain computer interface, where um, you can, in theory, type using just your brain. So they believe that they can use um, optical imaging scans. So they'll scan your brain 100 times a second. And then by looking at the activity of a certain area of the brain, it can translate what you're thinking into text on a screen. So you can type 100 words a minute without type touching a keyboard. That sounds utterly terrifying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to transcribe what I'm thinking. Yes. <laughs> Don't want to use that at the same time you posted dick pic. <laughs> 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 um, that's mad. Yeah, um, insane. So, like Elon Musk this week's been talking about something called neural lace. Um, yeah, and we it sounds like it a, on... it like a sex robot strip club. Yeah, <laughs> it, does. it actually sounds like the like the strip club in like. Blade Runner yeah. would be called Neural Lace. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, well, let's but, not go there now. Yeah. <laughs> but Neural Lace, it, you actually have to like implant like a uh, something on top of your brain. So you, it's an invasive procedure which would then be able to take um, what's happening in your brain and translate it into computer language. Um, but Facebook, what Facebook is saying so is not invasive. Why does the one have to be invasive and not the other? Is, is the well, it's just different technologies. Accurate? I have no idea. Like, um, um, Matthew just asked me, he was like, how does like how does the optical scan know what the words you're thinking are and I was like this is above my pay grade <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's mad that's, that's a step above because I find it weird when I found out some people get NFC chips implanted in their palms Yeah, you can program them to like be your bank card or whatever or whatever you yeah you can but this like, is... do the oyster thing using your palm that's still horrible I always think that's weird because you could just wear uh, a smartwatch you know, we'll which is use, use a card like everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you look like less of a twat than if you wore a smartwatch, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to start that up? No, <laughs> I, I, every I, time, I David, forbid every it. Time. <laughs> Scott's not a fan of the Apple Watch. Um, no. But yeah, so even that was the out there stuff. Um, there was a lot of boring developer announcements. They're doing like more community stuff around like developers. Um, it's basically a way of rebranding Facebook groups, but for developers. Right. Um, I think it's kind of their push into like diversity issues, to be honest, but whatever. 
uh, they've open sourced a load of stuff like their places database so you can like start building some pretty cool um, place specific uh, uh, apps using their stuff and they've open sourced a load of other stuff anyway um, are they going to change the outcome of the uh, general election no so he didn't talk about fake news um, he, uh, but he did says you in the media, so, <laughs> so maybe he did. Um, no, he did um, make sort of one current affairs statement where he directly talked about the recent shooting in Cleveland. Um, so, for context, there was a um, incident in Cleveland where a man um, shot someone and then uploaded it to Facebook video. I think it was on Facebook Live, wasn't it? He did it. All, yeah, I can't it? quite work out whether it was Facebook Live or whether he he uploaded it after the event. Um, but there, there's obviously a massive issue with um, violent, um, sexually like explicit content and stuff taking over from Facebook's video platform, which is always going to happen. And and Facebook haven't been particularly good at censoring this stuff, so uh, it was expected that Zuck might say something about it. Um, and he said. Uh, our next focus is building community. We've always done a lot to help um, people share and get a diversity of opinions out there. But now, in addition, we're going to work hard on building common ground and not just putting more opinions out there, but also bringing people closer together. That means nothing. No, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> it means absolutely nothing. He basically didn't talk about building any um, specific censoring tools or anything like that. He said, we've got a full roadmap of products to help build groups and community and more informed society and help our community safe. But he said, we have a lot more to do here, and we're reminded of that this week by the tragedy in Cleveland. We'll keep doing all we can to prevent tragedies like this from happening. We can't stop people killing people. Exactly. But also, I think they just, you've got to maybe face up to the fact that once you connect the entire planet with one product, as they're basically doing, you can't police it. You get all sides, yeah, yeah you get all sides. You get the dirty side, you get the nice side. Yeah. And obviously that poses a huge PR problem for Facebook. I think um, there's a big difference between confronting the problem and actually doing something about it. And at the moment, it looks like they're just paying lip service and basically saying, yeah, we're aware of the problem. We want to try and do something about it rather than actually coming out and saying, OK, we have got a team of 100 people trying to work out how to make sure that this stuff doesn't get in front of people because people don't want to see it and it shouldn't be on the platform if we want to keep it um, like a place where people can safely like go and share stuff and view stuff so I think it's part of the issue that not enough people reported it that people just saw it on their feed scroll past maybe didn't think it was real I don't know but yeah, mm, yeah. if if because it was up there for like what, multiple hours yeah, yeah if people hours. had seen it and immediately gone this is shocking content can yeah. you take it down please I'm not sure um, that a community um, should be responsible for policing itself I think that the platform itself should have some inbuilt controls. Yeah. And I think that's where Facebook and Twitter have been really poor. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they're, if later on, because this is, you know, it's a really fresh tragedy and they had to say something about it. And it'll be interesting to see if later on they actually start coming out with some practical measures to try and deal with this stuff. Um, but at the moment, they haven't. So um, we, we will have to see. Cool. Thanks for the roundup, Scott. Uh, as is tradition. Scott, F8 or 2008? <laughs> uh, 2008. Dominic Preston. I don't know what that means. 2008 as well. The I mean, negative one? It's, it's bad. <laughs> yes. Fergie said it once. From Black Eyed Peas, not Alex Ferguson. Right. Um, 
What was the first one? F8. Sorry, this is rubbish. Or F8, yeah, I'll say F8. Good old, good old Zuckerberg. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we'll come right back and talk about Max. David Price with your white iPod Nano. What has been going on? I've still got the iPod Nano. Oh, it's a shame. It's quite good, wasn't it? I was a bit thrown off by the informal start of the podcast today. Sorry, we just a chilled out, relaxed well, bunch of cool dudes. Chill, being chilled out is upsetting to me. <laughs> like this, happened, <laughs> this happened a little while ago, which will probably also unsettle you, uh, back at the beginning of April. Um, Phil Schiller and Craig Frederiki uh, got a bunch of journos together, didn't they? And they, they said they'd done a bad. Yeah, well, not a very big bunch either. No. Five, five journalists in a room, almost outnumbered by the Apple yeah. <clears throat> executives. Um. And they basically said to them that the Mac Pro um, didn't use these words, but it was a, it was a flop. It was a mistake. I think yeah. things went wrong. Schiller said, "We're in the process of completely rethinking the Mac Pro." And just yes. just to obviously obviously not insulting the listeners' intelligence here, but this is the cylindrical Pro uh, trash can trash can desktop thing that doesn't come with a monitor or anything. Not the yeah. MacBook Pro that we're talking about here. No, no, the Mac the Mac Pro, the second gen Mac Pro released in 2013, yep. which has had almost nothing done to it since then, apart from um, having a 500 pound price increase. Yeah, the, it got it got hit really bad. In, in the uh, the Brexit By price. The Brexit. Yeah. So this is odd. This oh, yeah. is Apple mid product cycle, months before they would normally unveil something, and then it would be on a stage. They've said yeah. to some people and the rest of the world now, uh, we kind of got that a little bit wrong. We're working on it. Yeah. So it's not going to come out for ages. The, the it's really unlike them. Why uh, have they done it? It is uh, because well, I think there's there's multiple reasons. They were getting a lot of um, uh, flack. In the press and from um, Apple fans saying that they that they're giving up on the Mac, so people are, are just sort of moving off uh, the, the the pro users. I was just talking to um, the editor of Digital Arts, and he was saying that pr- the pro community have pretty much moved off the Mac Pro. In fact, uh, and they're a lot of them on PCs. which yeah. seems bizarre to me. Or just but, um, an iMac. Or just an iMac, or in some cases the MacBook Pro. Um, but when the MacBook Pro came out in uh, autumn. The, the one with the touch bar that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Um, a lot of pro users said that that wasn't good enough for them because they had a maximum of 16 gigabytes of RAM. It hasn't got cable-like processors. It's just not as powerful. And it as, costs as much as a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does. Um, so there is a theory that in response to that, they decided, oh, right, well, maybe we should rethink the Mac Pro. And for that reason, they've only been doing it for a few months it's going to be a long time before the Mac Pro comes out. They specified that the new Mac Pro won't come out this year, um, but based on that theory, it might not be till 2019 that yeah. we get the new Mac Pro. That's pretty rubbish, having six years between something that uh, professionals would probably want to upgrade, debatably, more often than a regular consumer. Yes. And uh, on reflection, I think you pointed this out earlier to me, that the, the Mac Mini, which is just sold as a... Uh, hard drive basically on its own with, yes. with everything inside but you have to have the monitor and the keyboard that makes sense to sell just on its own but a £3,000 professional product like that not yeah. coming with a monitor isn't that- Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news Ad-Free Listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. 
But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A bit backwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's possible that you might already have the display. Sure. Being sort of modular does make sense. A lot of senses. Um, if that works. Um, but, uh, and they are going to release a display alongside uh, the new Mac Pro, which is... This is something they confirmed, is it? Yeah, they did. They're going to do an, uh, a new a new Pro display, but it won't be a touchscreen display. Okay, um, so not like the Surface Studio. No. Oh, and so there's all these rivals coming in and basically eating their lunch, and they're getting a bit worried. Um, but they, yeah, as you said, they wouldn't normally announce this stuff so far ahead. There's there's this thing that I was reading about called the Osborne effect, which is caught out a few companies where you you announce a product, and then immediately everybody stops buying the existing products. You know, which makes sense because it's going to be replaced. Mm, yeah, uh, and they're doing this potentially, you know, 18 months ahead of the product coming out. The reason they don't care is because nobody's buying them. Yeah, <laughs> so they're going to lose, you know, zero sales from True. doing this. Is it um, also really unusual for them to admit fault? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you remember when the uh, the iPhone four had a problem with the antenna? Mm. Yeah, and Steve Jobs replied to an email and said that the guy that was losing phone calls on his phone, he said he was holding it wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, they yeah. did eventually sort of admit culpability and let people have little bumpers to go around them. So they so they do they do say this, and they have become more of a sort of um, humble company under Tim Cook. So this is this is more his sort of line of thinking. Um, but I think they just they like the idea, as do most companies, of of saying, "Here's our new product. You can buy it really soon. You can start pre-ordering now." The idea of just turning up and saying, "Well, we're going to do something," um, and then it doesn't come out for another nine months, eighteen months, is just a bit crap. I read a good piece on it. I can't remember where I read it, so I won't pretend this was my idea. But I agreed with it, uh, and it was that this is perhaps a sign that Apple is finally feeling the heat of being. The, le- the leading light in... I thought you were going to say <laughs> feeling the heat of our ferocious... <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> or, or chat. Feel, feel our ferocious heat. Feel our ferocious heat. No. Um, no. <laughs> it, was, it was saying that they've always, um, all their major successes have been when they've been on the back foot. When, yeah, that's when, true. Yeah, the, 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 the colourful iMac when Steve Jobs came back, that was like, bam, screw you PC. And then the iPhone was just like, absolutely killed BlackBerry and everything. And now that they've addressed the pro market, they've, they've taken it too wide. They've they've tried to say this is for scientists, for designers, for engineers, and then yeah. not really like focus properly. And now they're like saying, oh, they don't mind admitting that other people are doing it better. Basically, yeah, it's true. And it's they haven't true. they haven't uh, defined that category. Of but that is, but that is a key point is that the pro category and they kept on emphasising this was that the pro category is huge and not not you can't get one product that addresses all of those people just as well. So they're basically saying that a lot of uh, Pro users are happy with the iMac or the um, the MacBook Pro yeah. and will continue to be, 
but that this is aimed at a different class of pro user people that are doing like VR stuff mm. um, or you know some of the anything that just requires um, a, a very powerful GPU essentially because the the fundamental flaw with the uh, the Mac Pro was it was designed in this specific triangular chassis which has heat um, um, problems it has, it has thermal right. um, issues if you put in more than one uh, GPU uh, if you put in a particularly powerful GPU so they, they thought that everybody was going to start using dual GPU setups um, both with good um, uh, heat conservation um, but instead the market went the other way and people just started sticking in one very powerful GPU and you can't do that in that configuration the, you know the, the um, essential hardware design doesn't allow you to do that so essentially it became unupgradable and if you don't release a new model for six years, as you said, then people are going to start thinking, well, my, my GPU is not powerful enough and I need to put in a new one, but I can't put in a more powerful one because it's stuck as a dual GPU setup. So what's the point? And you mentioned the Touch Bar Mac Pro that some people have uh, not come to kindly. Uh, part of the reason for that was that they consider it underpowered. Yeah. Um, so is, is the MacBook Pro, having the, that Pro thing attached, is, it, is that now slightly misleading or has the industry outgrown um, that machine's capabilities? Well, as you said, the, the Pro market is a wide one. And a lot of you know a lot of people, I think they said in, in the discussion, like 15% of Mac users use at least one Pro app each week. So a lot of people regard themselves as Pro users but don't necessarily require the absolute most powerful machine. And for those people, the MacBook Pro is a, is a really nice-looking portable, um, cool laptop that is fairly powerful, yeah. but it's it's not really powerful enough for the absolute top tier. Because what the other thing you alluded to there is a nice looking machine. The Mac Pro wasn't a um, bastion of Apple design, was it? <laughs> it was a strange... The trash can? Yeah. The tra <laughs> well, yeah. I, I love the design. I think Do they you? were really proud of it, actually. I think, if anything, the problem was that they, they let... Which around is it? They let form lead function rather than the other way around. Mm. Um, I actually yeah. think it's quite nice as well. It, I mean, it's designed to be on display. You, yeah. know, you, you remember mm. the, the first Gen Mac Pro, um, which is the tower, that sort of, um, you know, chung, you lift it up onto your desk, it weighs a ton, and it, and it didn't look very nice at all. I mean, it looked better than most of the other towers out there, but um, this was a real step forward, and they were really proud of it when they released it, and um, Phil Schiller said, can't innovate my ass when he put it on stage. It did, unscripted. Um, I think he got a slap wrist for that. Was it unscripted? I didn't know It was that. unscripted, That's yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, yeah, I, th I thought it was a really nice design, but it just, it, as I said, it, it didn't, it was a, it was a misprediction. It was a, a miscalculation of, of where the industry was going to go, and they just assumed everyone would get dual GPU setups, and they haven't. And they've been stuck with this thing for years, and, and it's been a sort of an embarrassment of when were they going to acknowledge that this is not a product that works, um, so, and we're going to deal with it. And I think that's what they wanted to do now, was to acknowledge that and let them let people know they're going in a different direction. How important do you think the PR, but also just the design of the general product uh, around the inevitable now Mac Pro uh, will be? Because Apple undoubtedly has dined out on its design prowess for years. People yeah. bought a Mac, an iMac back in 1998, even if they didn't need one, just because it looked amazing, right? Yeah. And for, to an extent, that's what people did with the iPhone 6, the iPhone 4 before that. It's just like this amazing item. Yeah. Did, it, does that, did they design the Mac Pro slightly differently because that kind of marketing doesn't appeal to Pro users? They just want specs? Or are we going to see an amazing new desktop come out? I think, I think they will be more cautious um, about letting design lead the way in the next one. Um, like, for example, the, the port situation you know they're quite they're quite keen on just getting rid of all the ports so they can make it look nice a bit more minimalist yeah make it thinner 
Um, I don't think that will necessarily be the case for the new Mac Pro. I think it will have a lot of uh, USB-C and, what do you call it, USB-A? Yes, it USB. should be. Hopefully USB-A on there, um, yeah. There'll be uh, a lot of ports like that, so it won't look quite as sleek. Um, well, nowhere near as sleek as the MacBook Pro. Um, but it's, it's still Apple, you know, they're still going to want to make it look nice. They had this weird thing back in the day where they would design the inside um, of, yeah. of their Macs in such a way that when you open it up, you still think, oh, it looks nice in here. Which <laughs> is like, like, the number of people that would see that is so small. Yeah. But they, mm. they have this obsession with it. Steve Jobs used to talk about how he, he, um, he read about furniture designers that would make the back of tables and stuff that was going to be against a wall just as nice as the rest of it because they, they would know it was there. It's a weird sort of philosophy. Yeah, but even their like out of the box experience was always like yeah. um, designed in a in a way that was nice, even though that experience is like ten seconds and then you throw it away. Or it's you, part of yeah. the product. Yeah, yeah. Going into the Apple Store is part of the product. Yeah. The whole experience is mm. you're buying being an Apple customer. You're mm. not just buying the product. It's amazing Which though, is, isn't it? Uh, bought, I bought a PC before, like a laptop, and it just comes in like a weird cardboard throwaway thing, mm. and it's just not the same. No. <laughs> you can just consider an Apple product just above everything else. Not not necessarily in terms of function, but in terms of form. You mm. can't really can't really argue with that. They're so lovely to you. <laughs> but this yeah, but this is this is a a bit of a a cock up. Yeah, um, but I quite like the 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 new Apple Mark whatever they are now. Um <laughs> Because, yeah, you would never have seen Jobs doing this. He would have, as you alluded to, sent a snarky email to some poor customer who just wanted an answer. Um, And no doubt he was the whole reason for this company's existence. But it's nice to see um, them just saying, yeah, this is what we're doing now. Because every other company tells you what's going on. Do do they? Well, maybe not, but maybe no one cares. People care about Apple and they've they've told people maybe what they want to hear. Yeah. Even if they didn't want the situation in the first place. Well, at the very least, is this is going to plump up some sort of um, wounded egos in the pro community. People, <laughs> people just thought they were being neglected, and yeah. and you know, it's fair enough because they spent that much money on Apple. Products I always find that entitlement to attention though slightly weird. It's like, why won't you make it? You've not looked at the Mac Pro for a thousand days. Like, <laughs> who, who gives a shit? I mean, in my opinion, <laughs> like yeah. you know, these upgrade cycles. Like, well, they gave you have a phone. <laughs> yeah, but chill you're out. Sort of, but yeah, but if you get onto um, a platform, then then you you sort of you buy the software library around it, and there is an assumption that you will then be supported. You know, if you if you buy a load of Mac Pros for your design studio, for example, mm. and then you start needing to uh, replace them, then switching over to be a part part Windows part Mac OS shop is going to be more difficult, and you should be sort of. I think there is an element of. Um, loyalty required in that situation but I know what you mean I've probably also personified the problem because I clearly don't understand (laughs) (laughs) it's people like me who ruin the Mac Pro for everyone Um, we've run out of time but David Price iMac or iCac I don't know iMac yeah iMac Scott Carey iMac Dominic Preston Mm, iCac yeah Doesn't like it. Right, uh, we'll be straight back after this for your post-Easter pod with some talk about Nintendo. Don Preston, so we've chatted a lot recently about the Nintendo Switch, uh, why it's good, why it's run out of stock, why everyone loves it, and why there's no games. But <laughs> to sidestep that for a moment, there was a little machine which we've also discussed on the pod called the NES Classic, which was a £50 plug-in to your TV device that played 30 classic NES games. Yep. Why have they stopped making it? It's gone. Yeah, it's 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 it was one of the more surprising moves in a while. I mean, it was a huge hit last Christmas. They sell one and a half million of the things, 
Uh, and then they announced this week that they just discontinued the product and they weren't going to make anymore, even though it's been out of stock ever since it hit shelves. People have still been struggling to get hold of them and were expecting you know, Nintendo to be ramping up production to try and meet demand that was obviously still there. Uh, and so there's a lot of questions uh, immediately following that and people sort of thinking, well, is this because they've got something else at their sleeves or is it just that they want the focus to go back to the Switch? Because they'd always said the NES Mini was kind of a one-off little uh, fun thing. I think it was a bigger hit than Nintendo ever expected it to be. And really, a lot of what it looked like was so that they had something that would sell last Christmas at a stage where there weren't any particularly big 3DS titles, the Wii U was dead in the water, and the Switch was still a few months off. Because even though these games are 20, 30 years old, or however old the NES is, um, yeah. you're still getting 30 games for £50. Yeah. And do, do you think perhaps because these games were available on the Nintendo eStore that they actually realised that they were losing money? Well, that's, yeah, that's a lot of the wonder. Nintendo's made a big point of, it's always, it's a bit of an uncommon term, but milked its back catalogue for everything it's worth. It does. And... Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> so it's console since the Wii U've been able to buy old NES and, and SNES titles and they've been sort of increasing that with every console since the Switch doesn't have an eShop yet there will be one on the way eventually We it's just one of those other bits they just didn't have ready for launch um, but yeah so again part of the speculation was well maybe they wanted to stop selling the NES Mini to make sure people were interested in buying eShop games on the Switch whenever that arrives um, there's also still sort of question marks over whether they're going to honour people's past purchases. Nintendo being a bit bad on that in the past about your purchases carrying through between the platforms. So there's a chance you might have, you know, bought the original Mario Brothers on the on the Wii or the Wii U and be told, well, you don't you owned it for that platform. If you want to play it on the Switch, you've got to buy it again. Oh, that's terrible. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. it's really bad. <laughs> yeah, they can be like that. I think everyone's sort of rooting for them to, to sort that out this time. They're being better about company-wide accounts, like user accounts now, so they should figure that out. But um, the most compelling reason for why they discontinued it was one that has since been not confirmed, but um, rumours speculated that they're just following it up with the SNES Mini, which yeah. was the really obvious thing to do. Uh, and basically, it's just they only have so much production capacity, so they had to stop making NESs so they could start making SNESs. Quote <laughs> <laughs> of the week there. Uh, uh, Dave and Scott, have you played the NES Classic? I mean, I had a NES Classic, but I haven't played the, the new... The mini one. We got this over there. Yeah, that, you yeah. saw it's it. It's in that box. Yeah. I think it's in there, unless Chris has nicked it. But <laughs> um, yeah, we should, we should crack it out again, because it is really fun. And for £50, you can literally, as you can see by that upside-down picture, hold it in your hand. Um, I'd rather have a SNES though I think this is good yeah. Yeah. SNES is yeah, SNES, SNES is, was my generation that's what I was really into yeah, the, the, I think the, the gap between the NES and the SNES was one of the bigger gaps in terms of the quality of games yeah. uh, the NES was very arcadey whereas the yeah. SNES felt more console I think, um, yeah. so I think that's a fair move that would be the big difference just the games library for the SNES is such a huge improvement over the NES and the NES has a lot of games you know anecdotally when you talk to people who have the NES Mini what they generally say is yeah it was great fun for a few hours yeah, it's, uh, it's, and it's then, very nostalgia, yeah. whereas the SNES, actually, I think they are still good games. Exactly. Also, There's, yeah, I think, yeah, the, the NES playing some of that on modern huge TVs looks a bit... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty ropey. Yeah. Uh, and they're just, they're the kind of games that, like Scott said, they're very arcadey, so they're really great for playing a few rounds, but, yeah. they're, you know, they're really hard games to play now. You go back and you play them, you think, I know this was an amazing game when it came out 30 years ago, but it's hard to go back and play the first Zelda, yeah. because it's 
it's a bit rubbish now. <laughs> it doesn't really hold up. Whereas no, as soon as you make the leap to the snares, like the a link to the past, as everyone says, oh, it does hold past. up. That's a fantastic game. Four I played it again last year. Fifty fifty quid, and you got four people playing uh, Mario Kart. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. first Mario Kart for the snares. Uh, best of the other games. You've got all the sort of big. Uh, there's there are quite a few big Final Fantasy games on the snares yeah. up through six. Uh, Chrono Trigger and Secret of Mana, other big RPGs. Got Super Metroid, you've got Star Fox, Street Fighter, oh, Street Fighter 2, so yeah, Mortal Kombat <laughs> and Mortal Kombat 2. And, and this is the this is the thing, because I've got a 3DS and I looked on the eStore when I looked when I took me bloody ages to log in because it, <laughs> it's a terrible uh, user experience. But yeah, you look and you think, oh maybe I'll buy like yeah, the old Metroid game or something. They could be about seven or eight quid. Yeah. And you kind of think, oh, do I want to pay that much. when a 3DS game costs what at least thirty quid. Yeah. So I kind of myself didn't didn't do that, but now yeah, if you get thirty games like you did with the NES for fifty quid. Yeah, if they can hit the same price point, it will be just a massive value increase because they are the kind of games you'll you'll stick with, you'll want to play. There are longer games. Mm. Um, and can you, could you save files on the NES Classic? Yeah. So it, it, it that was one of the big improvements. It did have a totally modern save system, so you okay. could just save as you went and overcome that big don't frustration. Just pause, don't just pause it for. Four months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a memory card. Snes actually, wasn't it? Uh, no, they all saved onto cartridge, didn't they? Yeah, the, original. the, co- oh, the game oh, cart themselves yeah. saved. Yeah. On the, I remember on the Snes though. I think you had to have a battery in the cart to save. So like Mario mm. All Stars had a was heavier cart because it had a battery. Yeah, there you were could some. Save, yeah. but most games oh, like I love ca- it. Cannon fodder, you had to just write down a code. Yeah, there was a lot of that lovely yeah. stuff. Remember the Rumble Pack for the N64? Yeah, yeah. Oh. terrible. <laughs> that was, but great. Yeah, <laughs> I love all these like. Um, hilarious workarounds for these these sort of problems i um, remember like the memory card like crisis yeah. that would happen with like playstations where you'd take memory cards around <laughs> to mates houses and you'd have to label them because yeah. like, yeah. They would, like you'd have like your save games on there for whatever some, yeah siblings deleting save files oh, to get back God. at you yeah. <laughs> yeah i definitely lost some grand theft auto save files some and hours of your, killed someone. your world <laughs> That would be PS2 actually, wouldn't it? it would, yeah, yeah, probably. Because that actually, but they uh, were still memory cards. Yeah, yep. PS2, GameCube was all GameCube. memory card. Yeah. It got me to thinking as well. What are the other tech products that have just been famously discontinued before people wanted them to be? Um, the only I could, there was two that stuck out. One was around for three years, but still, I always remember it as uh, didn't fulfill its potential. Was the Dreamcast? Yeah, mm, yeah. Nin- Nineteen ninety-eight to two thousand and one. But, I mean, that was less discontinued and more Sega stopped being a functioning hardware company. Yeah. I right? know, yeah, um, I know. But still, I mean, it was... And then, like, you look at the PS2, which came out two years after that, but then uh, wasn't put out of production completely, the PS2, till 2013. <laughs> they were making PS2s for <laughs> years. That was insane. an amazingly successful product. And yeah, they talked about... Um, there was always talk at um, Sony about having um, backdated games on the PS3, and it never kind of happened. Yeah. Um, they said that, like, a lot of your, like old game files and stuff would still be available for the PS3 and that would be like the reason why you would upgrade because you could have it all in one place um, going back to Sony the Mega Drive is one of the great all time consoles like Sega yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's yeah. one that's one that I would like to get my hands back on yeah Sega should get on the, the Nintendo Mega yeah. Drive, idea Mega of, Drive Mini, yeah. Mega Drive Mini whatever, I would, yeah. there's a few games on the Mega Drive Mini that I would definitely <laughs> pick up yeah, I remember playing. I can't remember what it's called. There's a top-down football game on the Mega Drive, yeah. which is amazing. There was a good boxing game. There were good WWE games actually on the Mega Drive. And then, um, WWF at the time. Yeah, very yeah. true. Not the panda. And um, <laughs> yeah, the other one that I thought of, which I, I've never actually used, was the, another Nintendo one. The Nintendo, the Nintendo Virtual Boy. Oh my god, what is that? Do you remember, do you remember <laughs> this? That was early VR. Very uh, early VR. Early VR. So it looks like kind of um, some sort of. I always think it looks like a weird kind of alien spider because it's like a it's a red unit which you put over your eyes and then this controller I think it dangles down from the headset so you have a controller in, placed in front of you 
And even I've though it was called, heard it was called the Virtual Boy, but it was more like AR, and the, it was like a, you put it on, and it could only display the color red. Yeah. And you could, and it was only on in production for six months before they cancelled it because they were like, "Oh shit, it's 1995. <laughs> We've invented <laughs> something realized. that doesn't exist yet." Like, <laughs> yeah. But Google it if you don't know, and that that I'm was. Look at that. Um, they got past that because that was what a couple of years before the Game Boy Color, which was pretty successful. Mm. So, and they had the N64 around then, which was a big. But yeah, no, I mean, the Virtual Boy is an interesting one. It's one of the reasons I think a lot of people are looking at Nintendo hasn't gone near VR yet in terms of its gaming, and there are a few reasons. Some but reluctance around the Virtual Boy has got to be part of it because <laughs> it is famously the, the biggest ever flop, and it was a disaster, and it gave people headaches and made them sick, and it was all red. Everything was red. Why would you make that? Uh, <laughs> so that you know they've kind of got to prove that they can they can do VR and, and it not be absolutely unbearably awful. Maybe they missed the Soviet Union. Yeah, all that red. And then the, the the one thing just to just to finish off our bumper edition that was uh, games console that's being discontinued because everyone loved it. Um, it also made me think not quite the same, but about technology. Something that and really annoys me is planned obsolescence in tech. Hmm. Not quite the same, but I was thinking, yeah, they've cancelled that after less than a year. But also, we replace our phones every one or two years. We should, and we shouldn't. Yeah, totally we shouldn't. We really shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no. I know we're sport here by getting uh, samples and everything, in, but I mean most people. Don't want to get rid of their phone after two years. Um, why, why companies? How have they got away with it? <laughs> it's yeah, it's a triumph of marketing, I suppose. They, yeah. They've 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 been working away at that itch for like fifty years. The idea that new is good mm. um, and that it's natural for things to be replaced before they before they actually wear out. Yeah. Um, an i an iPhone does not need to be replaced every year, but for a lot of people, it is. Um, you know, and they've got that new program that means you, you pay a certain recurring fee and then yeah. you just get one every year, mm. which is even pushing it even further. Yeah, Samsung, the S8, actually, as we record, comes out today. It might be uh, be delivered if you pre-ordered it. But they are doing a, a payment program through Sky, which it looks... Sky, it's, so this is Sky's bad, not, not necessarily Samsung's. It looks like you're getting a great deal because you pay 30 quid a month just for the handset and it's yours. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. But if you actually look at it, you are signed up to pay for at least, tw- I think it's something like at least 24 months payment. And then at the end of it, you have to give it back. What? It's like a £30 a month rental of a handset. No. So you end up paying 900 quid over two years and then it's, you just give it back. <laughs> Don't do that if you're a Sky customer. <laughs> it's terrible. That's shocking. So that's slightly different, but basically everything is crap now. If we are destroying the environment with our ridiculous electronic trinkets, yeah. that's probably not the right It will be dead attitude. before that's a problem, isn't it? I'm not sure we Isn't will. True? No? We might be dead because that's a problem. It's <laughs> <laughs> not quite the same. Skynet and all that. Well, I veered slightly off topic there, but thanks for this uh, summing up of that, Dom. And if the SNES Classic uh, does crop up, everyone, buy it immediately. Um, so, Dominic Preston, Nintendo Entertainment System or Now Everything Sucks? <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System. Scott Kerry. Yeah, Nintendo Entertainment System. David Price. Nintendo Entertainment System. Nintendo Entertainment System. Thank you for listening uh, to our two-week catch-up on the UK Tech Weekly podcast. We promise we'll be back next week. Thank you, everyone. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Goodbye. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.